0: We are recording.
1: Hi everyone and happy new year.
0: And welcome to Varsity Switchboard for Lent 2021.
1: (laughs) Christy, you didn't even
0: pass. I'm so tired. Hang on, hang on, compose. Welcome to Varsity Switchboard for Lent 2021.
1: And we are your podcast producers for this term. Eliza's at home. I'm staying here in Cambridge. So we are here to give you Cambridge from home and Cambridge from Cambridge in a term where, sadly, everything has gone online.
0: The beloved Mabel band Colonel Spanky's Love Ensemble putting it a lot better than we could. It really does feel like we ain't got no home. So we're hoping that amongst the Zoom fatigue, you can switch off and feel at home when you tune in to Switchboard.
1: We're going to do our best to bring the Cambridge Prep Queue to your listening ears.
2: Good.
1: Amazing. It's been a, it's been a crazy week. Online term has started. But we've got some really exciting stuff for you today.
0: Our theme for the episode is Mind Your Health. We all know it's important to be mindful of our mental and physical health. And we hope today's interviews give you some ideas on how you might do that during an online term, as well as giving you some really cool things to look forward to.
1: We're going to be talking to Kit Treadwell, who's the Men's Officer for Student Minds, talking about kind of keep maintaining your mental health during lockdown and the pandemic in general. And Lucy Patchett is Varsity's Sports Editor, who's going to chat to us a little bit about... Your physical health during COVID.
0: And last but not least, we spoke to Cambridge Pink Week and Raising and Giving, which are two wonderful groups who raise money for really exceptional charities, but they also always raise our spirits through our involvement in their projects, such as the Pink Week Ball or the Rag Blind Dates. Amber and I went into these interviews reminiscing about maybe what we'd lost this term, but we ended up leaving realising that these projects had not only managed to adapt to going online, but have done so in some really creative ways, which means that they can still raise money for their causes, but also reach and connect students despite lockdown. So we hope that the episode suggests some creative ways that you can be mindful of your mental and physical health during this term and connect with one another.
1: And now we're gonna be having a little chat with Kit Treadwell about how he's been dealing with the madness that is maintaining one's mental health in this crazy year. Hi. Hi, Kit. Do you want to Hello. introduce
3: yourself? Sure. Why not? I'm Kit, Kit Treadwell. I'm a second year studying ASNAC. We're real, I promise. The only reason I'm here is to, to be the token ASNAC, and I love that at St. Catherine's. And I am the co men's officer for Student Minds Cambridge, alongside the lovely Will Simpson. Among other things, I write for their blog and generally go around talking about mental health until people have to listen to me.
1: Beautiful. That's why you're here. The last two weeks have been. Pretty insane, to say the least, just I think. <laughs> just
3: a, just uh, a little.
1: What with government U-turns and two females and suddenly being stuck studying from home. From a personal perspective, how have you been feeling about everything?
3: I mean, I've I've actually, I've been okay. Partially because I saw it coming in the way that I think we kind of all did. We were like, oh, this, this is really starting to not look very good. And I'm lucky enough that I have a fairly stable situation at home where I can work. And it's just me, my mum and my my brother. And so it's it's sort of calm. And I certainly haven't been affected in the way that that some people are. But at the same time, it's incredibly frustrating, especially sort of being ping-pong around and never quite getting enough information. I feel like where students are at the bottom of the the pile of how information filters down from sort of the government and then to the university heads and then to the colleges and then to the staff and then to us. And I think something that maybe we don't think about enough is is how much this is a mental health problem that you don't have anyone to be angry with. Like there isn't any way you can really direct all these feelings of anger or sadness or grief or whatever. Because it's you, you can't really be angry with a pandemic because there's not much you can do there, so so that sort of feeling of, of missing out but not having a, a a reason for it that you can address, I think is is quite difficult for lots of people and and certainly for me as well, I'm sitting here thinking, "Who do I be angry with? I just want to write an open letter. I just want to protest.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, we had an episode a few weeks ago, which was about kind of the disparities between colleges and how students were kind of getting angry at their colleges about how they're behaving and how they're dealing with mental health, qualified returns and everything like that. And so I think that's someone that people try and be angry at a lot, but that again, like it's coming from somewhere. How has your experience been with college?
3: I actually think CATs have been have been pretty good. They have a tendency to not give us information until later than other colleges, which I can find a bit frustrating, but then inevitably when information comes, it's really well thought through and clear. And so I think that kind of balances out that actually, you know, I get that they're taking their time to make sure that the information we get is final, rather than having that sort of thing where it's like, oh, we'll email you tomorrow. And then three days later, you're like, well, the plan's changed all over again. I mean I personally I'm, I'm not trying to go back to Cambridge so I haven't had to test out the system of how easy it is to return but we have some incredible welfare staff at CATS and and actually I think this is something I'd like to talk about in a little bit but CATS employs people both are, are chaplain like every college but we have Mary who's our, our welfare officer who's specifically employed to, to advocate and, and look after and make sure students are being cared for and she and and Ali together form our sort of welfare team with a bunch of other people so the jcr officers i'm here as the student minds representative and so we have quite a strong sort of welfare unit in place so i haven't heard any horror stories yet of people who are being told they can't come back for whatever reason obviously i i I don't know but thus far i think actually i'm I'm pretty proud of how college are are handling things
1: that's so good i think especially because like you said this whole being ping-ponged around and kind of going from one thing to the other. I think it's so easy to get lost. And uni said this, but then college said this, and then another person said this, and it literally going all over the place. So it's nice to know that there's some framework. Uh, you mentioned open letters. Now, Student Minds was, as far as I know, the first, the first open letter that came out about returns
3: yeah I think so. Um, we have a sort of big committee and community group chat, as we call it, which is everyone on the committee, everyone who's a representative for their college, everyone who writes for the blog, and then a couple of other people who just expressed interest in being involved and we sort of came up with it on on there and this is the big issue with the collegiate system, right? is that because it's left to each college individually to decide what their grounds for return are, there's no clarity whatsoever and you can hear information from other people that doesn't apply to you. And also there's no one to enforce and make sure that the the colleges are upholding a standard that is able to protect everyone unilaterally. So, you know, while I was saying before about cats being great, that's lovely, but that's a lottery and not something I knew coming in. And I, you know, just because I got lucky, because I think my college does deal with things quite well, doesn't mean that that other colleges do. And I mean, I've, I've had this talking to, to friends that, that cats are... Uh, employs three college therapists that we can see any time. So I see one of them, I, I saw her within a week of requesting it. I know UCS wait times can be as much as three or four weeks, even just to get an appointment to work out how and when you're going to counselling. So it's a huge difference. Selwyn, so just across the road from where our second year accommodation is, doesn't employ any counsellors. And and there's just that massive disparity. So what we wanted to do with our su- our letter is not try and engage too far in disputes about where the line should be drawn all we requested was that every student with mental health issues which is what we're here to advocate for be allowed to return and that the university deployed a policy that applies to every college regardless so just we don't have any of this problem whereby I might be in a different situation from someone in very similar circumstances just because we applied to different colleges Um, and so I think that's what we really wanted to address without getting too far into the controversy around it
1: no absolutely I think there are so many perks for collegiate system but there are so many kind of cracks and fallbacks which are really coming to the fore. no I think it's really interesting to consider that and it's really reassuring for us as students that there is kind of a charity like student minds that are there saying I think you're right what a lot of people don't really want to say because it's slightly controversial and speaking out people who don't really feel comfortable doing so I think that's really really great initiative kind of going along that line (laughs) over the last few years there's definitely been a feeling that mental health in generally has become a lot more part of the conversation like as you said kind of through whether it be something like colleges employing welfare staff or charities like student minds or even in the mainstream media hearing a lot more about it obviously nowhere near the level that anyone wants it to be but it's definitely become a lot more part of day-to-day conversation and I think what a lot of people are experiencing now is they're really struggling being at home and they're kind of unhappy in this experience and suddenly this word mental health is coming out of somewhere that they might not really be aware of so where do you kind of think that student minds and I mean everyone in general can fit into trying to make this conversation about mental health a lot more open and a lot more accessible to anyone who hasn't really been a part of it before.
3: Yeah I think that's a really really important question and I think it sort of ties into a sort of more general trend that we've got going on which is you know like you say focus on mental health has been a lot greater and that's good obviously but I personally worry that sometimes understanding lags a bit behind compassion. So everyone now knows that people might be struggling with mental health. And, you know, if I, I say to people that I have diagnosed depression, I'm on antidepressant, whatever, that people are understanding and say, oh, oh, that's sorry, you know, what can I do? But I, I also worry that, you know, while we can still be compassionate about things, we don't necessarily understand what the effects of mental health problems are so while we can all say oh depression that's bad or oh anxiety that's tough and and with any sort of mental health disorder people don't necessarily have that understanding to say okay but this is how it might be affecting someone else or indeed me so people can be be sitting here and and saying oh i feel a bit down but i don't really know what that means you know is is that just depression we Sometimes I think we link depression to being sad in like, you know, you can imagine sort of the person staring out of a rainy window, looking slightly morose, like being followed around by a black dog. And that ignores the fact that you can be perfectly happy and still have depression. You know, these are these are things that can coexist. And I think what we should try and do is obviously try and hold up compassion, because that's the most important thing. And that's the starting point that you need to build off. But also just push towards a little bit more understanding of the actual diagnoses and and how things affect your day to day life. So if you're sitting there thinking, you know, I have felt really down, but you know, I had a great time with a mate last week, or I had a a lovely time off doing this or watching this, and I felt quite happy, so I can't be depressed. Well, then someone has to say, actually, no, you know, those things can coexist. And just sort of push up understanding levels so that, that, that people can identify themselves and identify what's happening with their friends. So, you know, for example, online socialization is, I think, especially hard for neurodivergent people, especially uh, people who have more difficulty recognizing emotion, who would normally use body language and physical cues. Obviously, much, much harder online anyway, let alone how much harder vocal tone is to understand. Then actually, you know, socializing can be exhausting online. And I think if we can push out the understanding that actually just because your friend doesn't want to get involved with things that you're doing online doesn't mean that they like you any less. You know, it doesn't mean that that you're not being a good friend. It just means that there are specific challenges that they're facing because of their neurodivergency or their mental health disorder that, you know, just don't quite work right now. And that's nothing to do with you. And And then maybe if we can push that understanding up, you can sort of mutually work together and and, and make it easier, I think, on on both sides.
1: No, completely. And I think it is that idea of both sides of knowing how you can help as well as kind of knowing where to look for help. And that kind of leads me on to, I think, one of the most important parts of this. Tell us a bit about the resources that you've come across, both at the university and kind of life in general, whether that be through Student Minds or your college or the university or even Netflix. Like, what what, what are the kind (laughs) of things that you would... That you would recommend to people who could be struggling?
3: So I, I'm a big fan of, of getting rid of stigma and, and saying things loudly. Um, so I am on 100 milligrams of an antidepressant called sertraline. I think medicated antidepressants can have a bit of a reputation for, oh, you're particularly bad, you're on meds. Or also in the other direction, I'll go on meds and I'll fix things. They don't work like that. They just suppress emotions. So something that someone told me was they cut off the peaks and the troughs and just level things out a bit, which is really true. But that can, I think, be a really powerful tool. And at least for me, it has been in that I have a basis off which I can do the work that I need. So then therapy, obviously, there's the UCS the university counseling service that is i know it has problems with wait times and it's been underfunded but it is there and it's free again similarly nhs counseling does the same lots of colleges have individual college counselors that can be a lot easier to access again to break the stigma i'm seeing i see my college's therapist once a week for an hour uh, there are different types of therapy as well and i think something people can often be put off by is they see one therapist and have a terrible time and think, therapy doesn't work for me, rather than actually, you know, like any sort of person, if you just picked one random stranger off the street, odds that you'd like them and be their friends, you know, not that high. So you need to sort of keep trying until you find someone who works for you. Obviously that's at the more intense end, of resources they're all there but you know worth saying I think towards the sort of medium side of things lots of colleges have really good welfare provision often it's left to the role of chaplain and we can have a debate about that but uh, there are no chaplains anywhere in the university who will hold religious biases if you come to them with an issue and certainly Ali at Katz is, is amazing and they can often be really good people to talk to especially because they're sort of trained tutors college nurses again both work and i think an important thing is if you're seeking help to cast the net as wide as possible because just because of how the organization colleges work you might come across someone you don't like or who doesn't you know help you that much be that intentionally or unintentionally and, and can be harmful and so the sort of the wider you cast your net the easier it is there's things like nightline which is the the cambridge student run call line that you can call and then there's sort of national charities as well so the samaritans get sort of battered around a lot and they are good but it's important to remember that the samaritans are specifically just listeners and won't give you advice so if you're in a real crisis not a great place to go nhs 111 is the non-emergency nhs helpline and and they can be really good especially i think in cambridge where Trumpton street surgery is closed on weekends and like closes at five and you're like what that how can i possibly access this with a cambridge life and then smaller again there are things like mindfulness the university likes to push mindfulness and it is a good way of keeping your mental health good if it is good it's not a cure to bad mental health and no one should be saying it is but it, it can help you keep on top of good routines that you're learning that, again, especially at this sort of smaller level where you're like, I'm feeling low. I don't know if I want to take it too much further. It's really important to do as wide a range of things as, as, as possible. So talk to somebody, obviously, is the easy one. There are this, there's a lot of stigma around it and you need to sort of find the right person. But very few people will reject you if you say, help, can you go for a walk with me? Whatever, however it might work. And I think something that can be hard when you're struggling is you find yourself feeling frustrated that the other person can't read your mind and know exactly what's wrong, which is certainly something I've done in the past, very unfairly. But I think if you sort of directly state as best you can and communicate well, I'm feeling this, I'd like you to do this. That's great. That could be really rewarding. I mean, you'll have seen all sorts of things published in terms of meditation, walking, just, you know, enjoying things on Netflix. Those are all good ways of doing self-care. And I think self-care gets sort of stigmatized. It's like a Sort of I don't know Instagram trend, uh, and it's a, it's a weird word uh, that gets sort of bathed around a lot by people who don't really know what it means. but again it's it's a thing of broad net and and just don't beat yourself up because you don't feel like something's working. Just try something else, you know and and once once you've found something that does work, then stick with that, you know and it can be a lot of a, a lot of effort to improve your mental health, but it takes absolutely no effort whatsoever to resolve to make it better. And I think that's a really important distinction, that actually there's a lot of power and optimism in saying things are tough, but I'm going to work to make them better. That doesn't actually involve any effort at all. It's just you sitting there thinking, all right, how am I going to improve things? Student Minds, you can message us on Facebook anytime. We can point you in the right direction. I mean, we're not trained as crisis responders, but often we'll have had experiences of bad mental health on our own. And so we'll sort of be able to guide you in the right directions. And you can message us on Facebook whatsoever, or just you know message people you know who talk about it a lot. Like I, I try and talk about mental health a lot. I try and publish about it as an open invitation for someone to email me or text me or whatever and say, hey, I saw this, how can I go about getting help? And you know, I'm happy to point people in the right direction. Sorry, that was a very long answer yeah I mean the great thing about it is there is a, a huge range of things you can do to help and I think sometimes it can feel a bit overwhelming which is why asking a friend is 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 useful as well but yeah it's it's all about just trying as many things as possible and sticking to the things that work and giving up the ones that don't.
4: Thank you so
1: much Kit that was really great and yeah I think for anyone listening out there Student Minds is a brilliant resource but as Kit said there are so many more out there as well. That was
0: Amber Chatton's kit from Student Minds. Next, I spoke to Lucy, who's Varsity Sports Editor. For her, sport has always been a resource and it's been really instrumental in balancing her life in Cambridge. Obviously, that's been completely changed by an online term, but Lucy offered some great reflections on why sport is so important, even
2: during lockdown. pretty much it does take up my whole week really. And as well, I think something with a typical
5: week is that even the people you're seeing in these training sessions they are the people you see every single day socially as well because they're the people who are most important to you. So yeah, it basically engulfs so much of my time
2: on my weekly schedule while I'm here. I think at the beginning before of Freshers, when I was trying to sort of figure out what my routine and my schedule would look
5: like, I think for me, structure is so important for me to keep on top of everything I'm doing. I do think I struggled a little bit to sort of settle in. But once you're settled and you know what to expect, you know what you're doing. I think actually it acts the other way. And although you're really busy, it acts as a way to keep you
2: organized rather than just having this expanse of time that you just don't know what to do with. We are trying our best with Zoom trainings
5: and things like that and trying to keep everyone together in your own little exercise bubble and for me like just making sure I do something every day but definitely there has been an like increased amount of time that I just don't know what to do with myself and I definitely can't wait to have that structure back of just knowing what I'll be doing and when and what we'll be allowed to do and what restrict like without
2: any restrictions it'll be there'll be so much more freedom for what we can actually do. I think I can say that the social element of sport has been probably the most important
5: part of my life at Cambridge, because it just made up so much of my time last year, and I just can't, I can't imagine my Cambridge experience without it. So I do think it's so important to try and keep it up as much as possible, but also understanding that at the same time, we don't actually need that constant re- reaffirmation from everyone that they're there. I do think it's okay to just sort of get on, go on with, get on with it on your own when you can. And when you can't, that's when you sort of reach out more. At least you know, as a member of a team, I always know that I'm gonna have that unit. And I think that's what's most important at the time. It's not always being in constant, constant contact with them, but knowing that they're there
2: if I need them or not, knowing that they are available for me. I think there are definitely like organisations within the college and ways, if you can't
5: find one yourself, that you can maybe create one or get in contact with your college's JCR and that would be a really good like even just like running groups or something that I've found really quite um helpful is the running challenges and things that people have been like joining together to do on Strava and although for me that has obviously been in teams I know there are several groups of like friends who just get together and they just want to do like 10 kilometers a week 10 kilometers every two weeks or whatever it doesn't it can be at your own pace but I definitely think there are ways of if you can't find any really easily creating these organizations
2: where people can come together and sort of feel like they're doing sport together, even if they're on their own. I feel like there's definitely a massive void at the moment. And although
5: like Premier League football matches are obviously still going on and we all look forward to watching them at the weekend and that's something everyone can sort of join in on. Obviously, football isn't for everyone. Um, So I definitely think, yeah, especially with the rugby union and everything like that being reduced. Although I do think there's a situation at the moment where there is a limit to how much you can keep your eye on the ball, (laughs) pardon the pun, with um, international sport or professional sport because it's actually just, There is this void at the moment and it is just one of the biggest, I think, disadvantages of the pandemic that we have sort of lost this community. I think one thing in particular, like professional sport is kind of like a global language. It's a global thing that everyone can get on board with. You don't need to speak the same language. You don't even need to be in the same culture, but it's something that everyone can sort of connect with. And unfortunately, I think it might just be a case that until we can actually watch sport even online rather than being there in person it's sort of going to be something that we miss and something that we'll
2: realize we didn't realize we value it so much until we get it back Mm. And,
0: and what are the different ways that students can get involved in that
5: Yeah I definitely think as well for squads of a decent enough size so for example I think my squad at the moment is about 10 to 12 people obviously we were saying earlier that it's so difficult to actually have a conversation with 11 people at once if you were around a table together or on the coach on the way to a match you wouldn't be talking as a group of 11 you would be having those small in like little chats in between yourselves and then someone would shout from the back of the bus and like join in but obviously on zoom you can't really do that because you're going to interrupt someone someone's wi-fi is broken and something's going wrong but I do think as soon as you jump on zoom and like my team do a workout together we all know that we are in a small room somewhere stuffed in our houses where we like don't want to be bothering our siblings or parents and are probably like When we're doing a burpee making the lights shake downstairs, but at least we all know we're sweating it out, we're actually trying to keep it and we're doing it together. And it's not a case of a miserable run in the rain because it's absolutely freezing out. It is a case, it definitely does like reiterate the fact that actually we are all a team and we do have a
0: place to go. That's brilliant. I'm so glad that sport has given you an outlet and a way to stay connected. That's that's really important during lockdown.
2: Yeah, I think
5: it is really important and I've I've said before that how like some people I think in Cambridge or anywhere really in, at university do have a slight aversion to sport and not wanting to get involved and thinking it's like a difficult thing to start up but actually sport itself like it promotes brain plasticity it actually stimulates the growth of our brain to make new connections and it will increase our work productivity I just think it's so important for all students to just try and do something. Oh, hundred percent. I think as well with the unhappiness note, like no matter what's going on, I think if anything, it is quite literally just a distraction from everything. Like when, no matter what's going on in my life, if I'm going on a run, that's the time where I'm literally just on my own and all I'm thinking about, I might be thinking, wow, this hill is really steep and I can't believe I'm running. Like I feel like I'm going to die, but at least I'm not thinking about a bit of work or about a friend or about... A, relationships things like that i think it's so important to just have that time where you're zoned out and it's like you might be thinking wow i'm gonna need like an inhaler after this but or, i've earned myself a dominoes. but i definitely think it's a case of that is the time that you give to yourself rather than like helping a family member especially if you're at home
0: that was lucy patchett who is varsity sport editor a lot of what she said emphasized that sport is both something that you can do to connect with others and enjoy with others whilst also being good for yourself. And that leads us really nicely onto fundraising in Cambridge. In the rest of the episode, we'll be focusing on two groups who are balancing raising awareness and money for wider issues with offering a load of really fun events and projects that students can get involved with over the coming term. We're here with the lovely presidents of Cambridge Pink Week, and my first question is what is Pink Week?
4: Yeah so Pink Week is a charitable student organisation it started in Cambridge and it's spread out to lots of other unis since 2014 and our aim is to raise money and awareness for breast cancer and this year in 2021 obviously we look quite different without the usual pink ball and lots of things people are used to but we're really proud that Pink Week continues and continues to do its excellent work to raise money and we have six charities this year so we i have also... So introduced a new charity called Black Women Rising, and that's for BME women affected by cancer. It's something that we're really passionate about this year. Our three pillars being education, fundraising, and inclusion. So that's kind of pink week this year.
1: Amazing. How did you two actually start getting involved with Pig Week? Ironically, I think both of us did
6: not apply to be president. <laughs> I think we both applied for kind of head positions on the committee um, when applications came out. I think it was last June or last May even. And then both of us were offered the position of co-president. We've been working together as the dream team with the rest <laughs> of our committee, who are amazing. And having working so hard, I can't speak for Evie, obviously, but I personally, back in second year, which was two years ago for me, because both of us are MML students, Evie's HML. In second year, I really went to a lot of Pink Week events and it was the first time that I learned how to check myself, which I felt at the age of 20 was quite late. It made quite an impact on me, obviously. And it was something that really inspired me to kind of let my friends know about, you know, stuff that they should be looking out for in their body and stuff like that. And it was just one of the best memories that I have with my friends from Cambridge going to the events that week and kind of really felt that it was super empowering for women what the kind of information um that we we spread and the the message that we have. So I was just really keen to get involved.
4: Yeah I think for me the same as Anna kind of seeing it in second year but also in the summer preceding my final year we had some close friends who were diagnosed with breast cancer. I think when you have it kind of close to home it makes you really want to kind of do something about it so that really drove me to kind of dedicate my final year to doing something for good and Pink Week is such an amazing society to be part of. You're working with such amazing inspiring people so it's been a real joy even in lockdown.
0: (laughs) And students can get involved in their really able to feel that they're doing something what is it that the breast cancer charities you're supporting are doing
6: yeah, so as you can imagine, kind of the charitable sector, as so many sectors of society at the moment, have been absolutely decimated. Normally, kind of just like Pink Week, they would normally have a lot of in-person events like marathons, galas, etc. to try and fundraise. But they've also been doing amazing things to move things online, do things virtually, and obviously to continue supporting their the patients and the, the people that they are supporting through their treatment. So, for example, we took part in a virtual dance-a-thon back in October, which was really fun to raise money for breast cancer haven and Copperfield, which is another charity that we support, recently did a big bounce campaign where I think people bounced on trampolines for like 12 hours which is crazy and they've been really effective and successful and obviously they can't provide the same kind of level of in-person care that they usually do but they're providing everything that they can over Zoom and over virtual platforms but for example we have seen in some of our charities the extent of the effects of the pandemic already Breast Cancer Haven have had to close down one of their centres so you know the kind of cost of the pandemic is still yet to be seen, particularly in terms of the cost of lives, in addition to all the people who are sadly dying of the virus. So I think student led organisations like Pink Week are more important than ever to try and support this sector.
4: Just to kind of add to that, we have, as I mentioned, six charities and we have them covering like a really wide range of things to do with breast cancer. So I mentioned Black Women Rising and they also have a partner charity now for Black Men Rising which deals with cancer in men which is also something we're really passionate about. Here at Pink we, we just ran 300, over 360 kilometers in a week to raise awareness for the 360 men a year that are diagnosed with breast cancer which is something that's not often talked about and Copperfield are kind of the young breast cancer charity and they really focus on men and breast cancer as well and then at Breast Cancer Haven as Anna mentioned is more about the holistic approach and the care for the people who have breast cancer with counselling and as Anna mentioned their centres and Breast Cancer Now is more to do with the research side of things as is Breast Cancer UK and they're about preventative care as well and which is really important and then our last charity is Teenage Cancer Trust which is about a more holistic focus on cancer and young people but something we're still really passionate about supporting as it kind of sums up our entire message at Pink Week.
1: Yeah no all of that sounds amazing there's so many different aspects to this which kind of draws me on to kind of very general question but obviously the last few months are personal health and the implications of that of health in this country whether that be from the NHS to personally how you deal with your health when you're at home what do you think your role is personally as a breast cancer awareness organization in this lockdown to kind of make people aware of how you can look after yourself how you can check yourself in this time I think the last few months have caused a great kind of
6: rise in health anxiety amongst people I'm the hypochondriac of my friendship group so I've been long in this kind of zone of health anxiety and of course people are very anxious at the moment I think what we're trying to make clear in kind of sharing the resources from our charities what they're trying to make clear just like the NHS is making clear at the moment is that they're still open for business in the sense of if you're worried about something or if you've recently been diagnosed with breast cancer, you can still reach out for help and they will be there to support you. I think also that kind of the best defense that we all have is knowledge. So being aware of changes in our bodies and if we do notice anything immediately going to a healthcare professional, we're very keen to emphasize that people do not delay because often it is going earlier the better and we'll give you the best chance and result of survival outcome whatever it is and sometimes obviously and often we go to the doctor and it's nothing but I think just being aware of your changes in your body particularly amongst young people I think we often think that being young is somehow a shield against everything and we can sometimes be a bit complacent so we're just doing our best to share as much of our educational resources as possible and spread that message as far as possible and we would encourage any students who follow us to do the same.
4: We're also quite focused on mental health and breast cancer at the moment in terms of obviously not so much just people who are affected by breast cancer but also their friends and family around them and how their disease affects everyone So one of our talks that we're doing during the week is with a counsellor and is about how people can cope in that situation but also more widely I mentioned the exercise we did we called it power through for pink and it was a really good fundraiser but also actually really good like for us and a really good message to put out there that at the moment when you're kind of stuck in your room you can't go back to university (laughs) Like getting out and doing as much kind of physical exercise as you can not only has the usual benefits that everyone talks about but can really help your mental health in this difficult time as well so I think although obviously that's not our main focus we try to promote like a really positive message through everything that we're doing and hopefully make the process enjoyable for our committee as well.
6: Yeah and we are completely hoping to brighten up lockdown for people when yeah. <laughs> it happens from
4: the 1st to the 7th of February
6: so hopefully that'll provide a bit of variety for people at the moment here feeling
1: like they don't have anything to look forward to. A big point of what we're trying to talk about in this episode is physical and mental health and how those things are interlinked so how you think the role of of kind of keeping up your physical health can play a role in mental health especially in this time completely I think as Evie
6: was saying we kind of learned ourselves during that first week of January when we did the power three for pink how just mentally beneficial it was to even get out for half an hour a day I don't even think it's necessarily the act of exercise it's getting out in fresh air as well particularly at this time putting yourself in a different location a different situation from just being in your room or at your desk all the time and obviously in relation to breast cancer physical activity is super important in terms of prevention and protection of your body but and the mental health benefits I personally really recognize in myself that I have worse days if I don't get outside for a walk and I think it's something that we encourage all of our committee members and I know amongst my friends we all ensure that we do a bit of physical activity each day to keep ourselves sane
4: yeah and I found one of the nice things as well is that because I kind of was doing this path through for painting my parents came with me on walks as well oh. and we kind of turned into like family <laughs> occasion in a sense there's not much else going on at the moment I think it's also really important that like as young people we are kind of spreading that message to our family and encouraging everybody to check themselves as some people might be like less willing to or they didn't have this education when they were younger and especially at the moment with you know schools being closed like if people have younger siblings like we kind of want to spread that wider message as much as we can.
0: And I think that for freshers or people who were somehow unaware of Pink Week last year which I'd be surprised by because there's always such a buzz around it. It's always something that people really look forward to in Lent term. And we were wondering how you're going to change that this term and what events you have going on this term that students can still get involved in and still have that buzz around and also have that lovely aspect that they can bring it home and share Pink Week wider than Cambridge.
6: Yeah, that's one of the kind of unexpected benefits this year, which is so lovely. Back when we became co-presidents in the summer, I think we we were already anticipating that this year was going to have to be different. I don't think we could have imagined how different it was going to be. So we had already decided to not try to pursue putting on our usual Pink Week ball. But what we will have this year is our usual kind of educational talks that Evie have been talking about. We will have three on a wide range of topics and we're very proud to say that they will be free of charge. Obviously, people can donate to our just giving link if they choose, but we do believe that this the educational information should be available to everyone, regardless of financial background and situation. We will also be having exercise classes, dance classes, which I'm personally really excited about and Evie can probably talk more of because she arranged a lot of them. And, and really excitingly, we're going to have a virtual escape room that you can do with your friends or your family. So yeah, we've got lots of cool things on.
4: Yeah, so we're kind of aiming to break up the monotony of Zoom quizzes um, and that kind <laughs> of thing. So the escape room, is something really cool that you can do with your friends. We've kind of got a limited edition on that. So we're hoping people will get together and it's an excuse to kind of get talking with your friends, but for a good cause. So we really want to promote, you know, people continuing to be in contact even though we can't be physically in Cambridge. And yeah, the dance classes Anna mentioned kind of fits into everything we've been talking about about getting out and keeping moving. So we're gonna have. Have a dance class with Kutas and we're also having a dance class with the Latin and Ballroom Society which is very exciting as well and we've got a couple of yoga sessions and some workout sessions so it's going to be all go and there's also a Bollywood dance class so there's no excuse for not for not getting moving between the 1st and the 7th of February there's something for everyone and they're very cheap very affordable as well and we're also hoping to run some kind of online initiatives we had great plans to turn Cambridge completely pink and we're hoping to continue that as much as we can over our Instagram and with some virtual ideas so keep an eye out for those.
0: That sounds really exciting. We're trying.
1: (laughs) No I was going to say it sounds really exciting also to know that people will have somewhere to look and somewhere to go from home and they can still have that energy and spread things around and I'm guessing you guys are kind of on social media things like that can people find you there? Yes
6: so we have a Facebook page and an Instagram that are both Cambridge Pink Week and we also have a website which is Cambridge Pink Week as well and by the time this podcast comes out our term card should also be out as well with all the kind of necessary links if you would like to sign up to join any of our events so yeah it would be great to see as many people attend as possible.
4: And we should also mention that we have wonderful college reps in a lot of colleges and they'll be running their own kind of smaller events with the JCR sometimes. So keep an eye out also if your college has a rep, that everyone can get involved with main week events. But yeah, just keep an eye out for what your college reps are doing. So that's gonna be really exciting. i have heard some talk of drink and draws over Zoom. So yeah, <laughs> what's this say... Yeah, so another really exciting thing that is new this year is we asked for wonderful art submissions from students and we've received so many amazing pieces representing kind of what breast cancer means to them or more widely like what does pink mean to you? And unfortunately we can't hold our exhibition in person as we wanted to but we're working to make it a virtual exhibition with Art Steps um, so that will be available for everyone to see and I really recommend checking out because the art is amazing and if you're getting involved in our uh, drink and drawers or any of the online events with your friends that we're hosting be sure to check that out because it's really inspirational.
1: That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for speaking to us today. I think we're we're really excited. We're hoping this has made everyone else really excited as well. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: That was Anna and Evie from Cambridge Pink Week which starts on the first of February. And speaking of February, another date that should be in your diary are the ragblind dates
7: blind date will still be going ahead online and actually blind date is quite is not too difficult to organize to put online um because essentially it just means the, the main challenge on our end is that we then just have to make the form online and um and people fill it out online and then we do the matching and then people do the dates online um and I think like for us what the main thing we have to think about from that point of view is like okay we need to give people sort of icebreakers because you know the idea of an, an online an online blind date might be a bit a bit scarier um so that's something we're trying to do but I think yeah I think it's really difficult but I also think it does have its own opportunities from our end because it means that we 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 can look for these ways everyone is looking for chances to to get involved with things and there are so few of them so like if we can try and provide a way to meet new people through blind date or a way or a way to sort of do something different with your friends through this sort of we're organizing one of our events this time is like a a murder mystery like package which like you say so you buy your ticket and you receive the package and then you can go and do it with your friends um yeah like you would at a party um and yeah it's just a break from the like the monotum, of zoom quiz after zoom quiz after zoom quiz um yeah I think yeah it's had its own its challenges definitely from the organization end but like I think what we've tried to do to sort of stay positive and not to not to get too stressed out about ourselves is be like okay but what what are the opportunities that this situation brings and how can we make the most of this
0: blind date is normally quite a big feature of the term have you seen a similar sort of uptake
7: um, so blind date, we haven't launched this terms yet. Um, it's launching, I think, this weekend. Um, we actually did it online at last term. It didn't have quite the same numbers. We also didn't do fair. We also didn't put quite the same amount of um, resources behind it because we would normally only do it once a year. And we kind of decided we should do it twice because again, it, we we thought it was a time when people would be really looking to meet new people. Um, so it's really difficult to know like it, it wasn't on the same immense scale that it was um that it isn't not in a normal year but still like last time we got sort of 300 signups which like is not is not in, in unsubstantial and like I'm really pleased with how it's going and I think and I think the team's worked really hard and I think it's going to be it should be a good event and I'm hopefully people will enjoy it and get involved
0: and what charities are you raising for this term and has COVID impacted the charities that
7: you've chosen to raise for Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, So I think, so in in terms of how sort of RAG works in terms of the charities we support, every year we select a certain number of charities, um, and like most of our events, the money that we raise goes into a port, and at the end of the year we sort of divide it up and give it to between those charities. In past years that we used to support 10 charities which is quite a lot and no one can remember 10 charities um so we cut that down a bit to five hoping to get like a little bit more focus on the causes themselves I think the thing in terms of how COVID has shaped um has shaped the charities we support I think the big thing is that all charities at the moment are struggling with fundraising due, due, due to COVID. Um, so if we look at like the charities we're currently supporting, um, one of them is Jimmy's Cambridge. Obviously, homeless people are, 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 have been affected by the pandemic like the rest of us and much worse than the rest of us. Um, and funding has been difficult for many of these charities because, again, because of sort of the economic state that we're in. Um, I think, yeah, and I think you see that sort of throughout our charities so we're supporting um, Jimmy's Cambridge as I said, um, the Cambridge Rape Crisis Centre who offer sort of a safe space for survivors of sexual assault Um, and they offer counselling and a confidential helpline and we've got sort of some national charities so that's Refugee Action um, and they support refugees when they arrive in the UK um, helping them through sort of the asylum process Um, the Stephen Lawrence Charitable Trust, which has just changed its name to Blueprint for All. I think, um, so our charities, of course, are chosen by um, by a student ballot. We create a shortlist and then the students got ballots voting on them. And I think the Stephen Lawrence Charitable Trust got a lot of attention because of the time we were voting. It was over the summer. And obviously the George Floyd protests had just happened and it was really on everyone's mind. And I think that's really important that we sort of, drawn attention to what's always been a big issue and a really important one and I think that was just a moment when when there was a lot of sort of swell for we this is something we need to sort of support give more support to than we do currently um, so I was really happy that was chosen as well as one of our causes um, and then finally we have like an international charity which is Action Against Hunger um, who work on sort of um leading the fight against global malnutrition sort of in emergency situations and also sort of the root causes of it. Um, yeah, so we've got a big range of causes, um, all of which are sort of related to the current crisis, but I think are also just much bigger structural issues that have just sort of been exacerbated for, by where we are at the moment. Mm. And, and what are the different ways that students can get involved in that? Um, so I think in terms of g- if you want to get involved with, with, with RAG more generally, um, obviously we want people to take part in event in our events but we're also really keen for people to get involved in sort of helping us um publicize our events so that's we're recruiting we're we're always on the lookout for college reps to sort of without them you know we don't reach as many students as we currently do and that's how we raise the money that goes to these fantastic causes um we're also really keen for reps to sort of get involved by rep by um organizing their own events and i think that's something we're really trying to do this 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 year is like change the focus of RAG as being sort of like a a platform for fundraising more generally so we're really keen for anybody who has an idea that that um that they want to sort of they want to raise for one of our charities or for any cause really um just to get in contact with us um through our facebook page or any of our social media really and be like hey i have this idea we can you support me and we can sort of use whatever sort of limited expertise we may have cuz we've done events before but we can also sort of put some publicity behind it with our sort of graphic designers and our social media pages and i think that yeah i think what we want to do is we want to help people sort of pursue the charitable causes that they want to um with us as sort of a, as a backer i think
0: and have you found for you personally during lockdown that being able to raise for these charities you know maybe a distraction to lockdown because you feel that you're you know able to do some external good um how has it impacted your kind of experience and well-being
7: yeah i think so i think it's i think no matter what when you're at cambridge you can you can get a bit sucked into your degree and you could spend all of your time on it if you wanted to and i think it's nice to sort of i think it's nice to have something else to focus on and that personally, you know, it I can sort of say, okay, I don't want to work right now, but I can think about sort of potential new event ideas and things like that. And I and it make and it's really helpful in terms of like making me feel sort of productive without and like I'm working towards something without um it necessarily always being my degree. And I think also just the fact that it's sort of charitable causes and it's really nice to have, focus on something bigger beyond Cambridge because you know, when you're in the bubble, it seems like the be all or end, or, and end all, um, and I think it's really nice to sort of remember. No, there's a there's a there's a there's a wider world out there. There are there are other things that you can get involved with, um, and I think just helps you put everything into perspective, really.
0: Yeah, which is I think really important, given that um, for so many of us now stuck in lockdown, be that at home or in Cambridge our entire world is pretty much just fulfilling our degrees because normal things you would do, like seeing friends and, um, I don't know people, people taking up like jobs in their holidays. I mean, that's completely gone.
7: Yeah. And I think we are, we're trying to offer um, opportunities for people to do that both through getting involved with sort of our general events, but also that's really the the idea behind our new challenge events, which we launched this year. Um, so essentially we offer sort of like we are, off, we're offering, um, Four, well, five challenge events really, um, which are the sort of the Three Peaks Challenge, the London to Paris cycle ride, the skydiving, and the I've forgotten the last one now, and the Spartan races, um, and all of these are like just bigger things for people to get invested with, and they're all sort of physical activity based, and you 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 would fundraise. We, we're running these in conjunction with charities. Um, and the idea is like you sort of fundraise and you get people to sponsor you to take part in these events. Um, and it's sort of a way for you. Yes, yeah, so it's people to feel like they are doing something, something bigger, both in terms of raising money for a cause, but also sort of personally, I think it's like something like a skydive is on a lot of people's bucket lists. And I think right now, I don't know, having something like that to look forward to is quite is quite important. And then I think the the, the other event, which is slightly less extreme maybe that we're doing this term I think you can also get this from is the um the twenty seven twenty seven mind challenge um, so the idea is you run 27 miles in 27 days um in support of the 27 percent of students who say they have suffered from mental health problems um, and I think that's really nice because I think it's something a bit more accessible and something that's still got that physical exercise element that means that you know, you're sort of getting out there and um and sort of clearing your head and you've got you've got that purpose. and you're also supporting you know the provision of mental health services for other people. So I think that's a really like a really nice sort of event that we're hoping to encourage people to take part in. And
0: RAG kind of sounds like a bit of a um a nice outlet during lockdown and like something that's actually mean commun- that's um contributing something really great to the community.
7: yeah, I think I mean, I think that's what we're going for, I think I think it's something that is part of cambridge life and what what we're trying to do is to to continue to bring these bits of cambridge life to people even when they're not in cambridge and just to just to hope hopefully bring people something that they can that they can sort of focus on and like and beyond their degree and to feel like feel like they they they're, they're contributing really
0: yeah and I think RAG has always promoted being connected with one another and that's even more important now that everything's gone online.
7: Yeah and I think that's another thing for people who did something like this last year it's quite nice to be able to 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 sort of still have that if that makes sense it's it's a it's a point of continuity. Um, I think other things that we're doing I mean we're we're doing like quite quite a few sort of events and I think if you want to keep up with that the best thing to do is to sort of follow our social media because we, we, we post about everything that we do. Um, but like just to sort of plug a couple of other things that are coming up that I'm that I think are really exciting is um, so we're doing a we're one event that we have coming up quite soon is DeafBlind Dining. Um, so you order a meal. It comes from like a recipe box delivery service and within the box you get a blindfold and earplugs as well. Um, and you sort of you make the meal. And then you, um, the idea is that you sit down, and you wear the blindfold and the earplugs, and you, um, and it's like those, it's sort of like you know those those restaurants you have when you go in and you eat in the dark, um, in normal time. Yeah, exactly. But the idea is you you get a little, you sort of, you you experience a bit of what it's like to to be deaf and to be blind. But you're, and I think it's just something a bit different. Um, obviously you're also cooking. So that's a really, that's you're, you're, you're cooking a new recipe, something a bit different to mix up something that's not pesto pasta or whatever. Um, yeah. And I think it's a really nice event. Um, it's in support of DeafBlind UK. Um, and you can do it if you're at home with your, you can do it with your family. Um, or you can, if you're, you are in Cambridge, you can do it with your, with your flatmates. Um, it's just something you can sort of do together. And that's, just a bit different, um, yeah. And I think the other sort of things we've got going on, um, a couple of things we haven't got sort of fixed dates for yet, but we have plans for. We have plans for sort of like a cocktail making class, um, where you'll have a a, a a bartender teaching doing a tutorial on how to make a a decent cocktail. Um, and I think, and we also have plans to sort of do a bake off. Um, really hoping, giving again, giving people a project to focus on. Um, and all of these, I, I, the idea of these events is you are, you are doing something fun for you. But obviously, there's also that charitable element, element because you're, 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 you're sort of paying a little bit when you sign up. Um, and therefore you're supporting good causes. But you are also um, giving yourself a distraction, a break, something to look forward to. Um, yeah, so I think overall, it's about these two elements that can hopefully contribute to your, your, your wellbeing.
0: That was Katie from RAG. Links to all of their fantastic events are available on the Switchboard socials and we'll be linking to everything from Pink Week as well as all of the support from Student Minds. We hope this episode has given you some ideas of ways that you can balance your mental and physical health and ways you can stay connected with other students in Cambridge in doing so. Next week we'll be continuing that theme by discussing creativity out of crisis. We'll be talking to loads of different creative groups in Cambridge about how they're keeping going during lockdown. But till then, we hope you enjoy listening to the creativity of Judah Daniels with our new track of the week from New Music Cambridge. Our closing track this week is a perfect one to give you that Friday feeling on the first Friday of term. Judah Daniels is a first year computer science student at Clare and a fantastic jazz musician. If you love this track, you can check out his YouTube page for the fab music video for this and more amazing jazz. So stop what you're doing, get in the groove. This is Judah Daniels with Feeling the Music.